Well, this week is, uh, it's hard to believe that we're talking about Thanksgiving. It's only March, right? Uh, March or April, but hey, you know, we're talking about Thanksgiving. It's, it's November. We know that this year has flown by. And, uh, but it's been a tremendous year. And, uh, so many of you have come our way during this year as part of the Voice of Praise family. And we're thankful on this week of Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you. And I'm also thankful for those who have come through the fire and they've been at Voice of Praise for a long time and they've been tried and true. I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for everybody that's in between because you all are special people and you make up this wonderful church family that we call Voice of Praise Worship Center. So I thank you for being here today. Now, uh, this morning... Uh, as we go into the message, I'm preaching this message I've entitled The Three P's of Thanksgiving. You think, there are no P's in Thanksgiving. Sure there are. Sure there are. There are P's. Some of y'all will feast this week, and uh, there's a good chance you may have some P's. So, there's P's. Uh, then there's pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, so somebody, can somebody give me a witness on the pumpkin pie? Yeah, amen. Uh, I like, I like, I like some pumpkin pie with my whipped cream. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's me. So we got peas and we got pumpkin pie and, uh, then we got possum crossing. It's that time of year. We, we saw the carcasses of two dead bears along the road while we were driving to church this morning. The other day, when we were, a week ago today, we were traveling. There was, there was deer along the side of the road everywhere, but it's always possum, especially this time of year. There's an old song. It's a secular song, as you may well guess. It's a secular song that says, there's five pound of possum in my headlight tonight. If I could just run him over, everything would be just right. We'd have some possum gravy and biscuits cooked up tight. There's five pounds of possum in my headlight tonight. Three peas of Thanksgiving. No, those are not really the three. That's not really the three peas that I want to preach to you about. I want to preach to you about being personal, perpetual, and purposeful. If you have your scriptures, and I don't, I don't think I actually have my scriptures on a slide this morning. Yeah, I'll do. Scriptures on a slide. It's Psalms 136 verses 1 through 3. Psalms 36 verses 1 through 3, and as you've got your Bibles turned there or you're using your app, this is a Psalm of Thanksgiving. Psalms 36 1 through 3, the psalmist pens these words of thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. He could have stopped right there. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. means there's nothing can take his love away. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. I guess I could have asked Pam to sing, let's sing that song. His love endures forever, but I didn't do that. And, uh, uh, we actually had, 
We're in the plans of a baptism service today, but some things changed in the individual that wanted to be baptized, and we're not able to do that this morning. So, so there's this message of the three P's of Thanksgiving. The three P's being personal, perpetual, and purposeful. When we begin to think about the, the personal aspect of Thanksgiving, I hope that this week that we will withdraw our focus from all the have-nots. You know, we, we tend to think about all the stuff that we don't have. We, we, we tend to think about all the things that could have been, should have been, would have been, but are not. Sometimes, uh, I guess what I'm saying in a, in a manner of speaking, sometimes we are giving over to a lot of negative thinking or a lot of negative processing. When all the time we are, uh, we, uh, we are living in a, as this society here in the United States, we are living as a very blessed society. You know, we, Thanksgiving is our holiday, so to speak, if you're with me. The rest of the world doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving is not, at least not in the same fashion and in the same time frame as us because it's a, it's a holiday that we, we celebrate out of our heritage of the, the, the settlement of this, of this country and this nation, if you would. But in this Thanksgiving season, uh, we, we find ourselves doing some special things. We, we will have most of us, some may not, but you will have that pumpkin pie. You will have those peas. And personally, we're not going to, but you may even have the possum. Baked possum. Stuff. Stuff baked possum. But the reality of it is, we'll celebrate, and we, we put this one day aside for celebration of Thanksgiving, <clears throat> but the whole time... You and I should be celebrating and having thanksgiving all year long. Because when we read what the psalmist said, he said, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. When we consider that the Lord's love endures forever, His compassion and His kindness to us, it's forever more present. It's enduring. It has withstood the test of times. It has withstood storms of life. It has withstood disappointments and heartaches. And catch this, His love has endured your failures and my failures. His love endures forever. Now, I, I, granted, I know and I realize that I'm not always pleasing to God. And uh, you probably excel and exceed me in that. But truth be known, you don't always please God. But in spite of that, in spite uh, of the moments or the seasons of displeasure that, that, that we may bring to God, His love still endures Forever. It's a time of personal thanksgiving. It's a time of worshiping God. Forgetting about all of the have-nots that we have. But should should we not become appreciative of the particulars that we have been blessed with? 
And here I am, 62 years young. I know, I know some of you are like the, Sarah and I went the week before we went on vacation. We went to, to get our annual physicals and wellness visits and checkups and, and, and the nurse, you know, we usually go to the doctor for those visits together and, and the nurse, she comes in and she, she checks our blood pressure. She puts that thing on her finger to check our oxygen and, and she, they have all of our blood results. We'd already had that done and all of us on a computer and, and she says, man, y'all are really in great shape. You really are doing good. She looks at me, she said, you don't look 62, you look 42. So I know it may surprise some of you all. But I'm thankful, I'm thankful that, that, you know, sometimes we can't, sure, there, are there things we want that we've yet to get? Are they things that, are there, they, are there things that we have had that we have lost along the wayside? Don't anybody make Comments about hair. Okay? Are there things that have happened along the way that, 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 that have been disappointments to us? Absolutely. But I also realize that we have a whole lot to be thankful for. Listen, if you don't think, if you don't believe you have a whole lot to be thankful for, take some time this week and go and visit one of your extended care centers. That used, we used to call them nursing homes. Go by and visit one of those facilities. You'll find there not just old people, but you'll find people your age and you'll find people that are suffering from disabilities and in different kind of physical ailments. Listen, we're blessed just to be able to be here this morning, to have the physical strength, to have the physical ability, to have the financial ability, the means of a car or whatever. We are blessed just to be here today. And that's something to thank God for. And because his love endures forever. We, we must resist the temptation of comparison. That's where, that's where you and I get in trouble most of the time. Is comparing. Uh, well our neighbor, he's, you know, here I am driving a used Ford truck and my neighbor, he's got a new Chevrolet and I, don't know, I wish I could have what my neighbor has. So he's got that new Chevrolet and I've got my used Ford and I'm, I'm living second class. We'll begin to compare ourselves, sir. We'll, we'll, let, let me, can I, can I just preach to you for just a moment? Listen, right here, right here is one of the most fascinating things in the world. Right here is, right here, this is not just a phone. Most of you, not everybody in this room I realize has one, but most of you do. Cause it's well over 80% of the world has an up-to-date cellular phone, somewhat up-to-date. It's called a smartphone. I don't know if they're so smart or not. You know, I was, we were in the airport yesterday and I saw this stuff. It was called smart water and, and it was like $5 a bottle. I said, whoever buys that must need it because if they don't pay $5 for a bottle of water, they must not be too smart. But the reality is, we've got these things, and, and, and most of us have, we have some kind of app that's referred to as a social media app. Some of you probably got one or two or three of them, you know, so, and, and you watch this stuff, and, and, and we will flip through it, and we've got, it's like the world is at our fingertips, and, and we're looking at, at all of this wonderful stuff that's happening. You go, you go on our, you know, you go on our page, and you see, you see this deal here with uh, us riding a 
the boat out across the ocean towards our, uh, you know, the, the vessel that we're sailing on. And you can say, man, the, the tailors, they're living the life of Raleigh. The tailors, they're, they're doing good. Uh, you know, they're, they're keeping up with the Joneses. But let me tell you something, the tailors, we have our own struggles. The tailors have our own scenarios. The tailors have our own situations. Are we blessed? Yes, we are blessed. Is our life perfect? No, it's not perfect. But I can tell you this. There's a whole lot of things that we see on these little computers, these little machines in our hand. And we look at it and we think that everybody has everything together and everybody is doing so much better than we are. And truth be known, there is a great opportunity that their lives are in the pot. Their lives are in the drink. Their lives are falling apart. Their relationships are falling apart. Their health is falling apart. They don't even look like they look in those pictures because they do the Photoshop thing on them and all like that. Listen, don't get it in your mind that everybody else has it together because they don't. And don't get feeling bad about your situation because you think somebody else's situation is better than yours. Because God is good. And His love endures forever. And He loves you just as much as He loves anybody else and everybody else. Here's the deal. A lot of people, a lot of people are putting up stuff that is really not true at all. They're painting a portrait that is not true at all. My wife reads a whole lot. I read, I read, but my wife reads a whole lot. I like reading books that are going to instruct me, books that are in those types of things. My, my wife, she reads Christian fiction and different things like that. Listen, Christian fiction means it's not really true. We watch we don't watch a lot of new TV other than NCIS, and it's not any good anymore since Gibbs is not on there. Amen, Sister Sarah. Amen. They need to bring Gibbs back. But we watch TV, and we'll we'll watch it. We like we like to watch westerns. To be honest with you, you like westerns, Jerry? I like to shoot them up westerns. You know, and, and and there's a few of y'all know about the shoot 'em up stuff. Larry's back there. I love it when they get them shoot 'em ups, and they ain't got but like they ain't got like but twenty four bullets around their belt, and they ain't got but six in their guns, and they done shot about a hundred and fifty times. I love it. I love it. And I every once in a while I look at Sarah. I said he done shot. He I said he done shot that six shooter. He done shot that six shooter at least a dozen times, and he ain't run out of bullets yet. And she will say. Baby, it's the movies. It's the movies. I said, and, and, or, or they'll, they'll be somebody else. They'll, they'll crash a car and they'll run, they'll run a car through three other cars in a roadblock and, and that car will come out and it'll keep it. Hey, the Duke boys, man, the Duke boys, they, y'all remember them? Bo and Luke, the Bo and Luke, they, they could jump stuff. They could leap over stuff and, they, and the car hit the ground and it'd still be running. My smart and intelligent and good-looking wife, she'll look at me and she'll say, Honey, it's just the movies. It's not real. And I said, Sure it is. It just happened on TV. Yeah, we see a lot of things in our life and we perceive them as being real. And we'll look at the lives of other people and we perceive what they are portraying as being real. Stop it. Stop it. Because you don't know that it's real. A lot of people... 
are putting up a lot of things that are not real in this age of social media and it's bogging us down and it's robbing us of our joy and it's robbing us of our victory. You see, we need to have a personal thanksgiving that we realize regardless of what other people have or what other people don't have, regardless of any of that, we are blessed people. And Paul taught that to the Thessalonian church because he taught them in all, in every circumstance give thanks if you've got a 2010 ford pickup like i do and your neighbor has a 2024 chevrolet pickup be thankful for your ford because i can tell you what i ain't got no payment book with mine that's something to be thankful for in itself right there but be thankful for what god has has given you and quit comparing what you don't have to what somebody else has because you don't know what their situation is anyway and just be thankful for what God has blessed you with so it's personal thanksgiving personal means you own it you take care of it your personal thanksgiving you may not have as much as the other guy but you got more than some others be thankful for everything that God has given you the perpetual thanksgiving the perpetual thanksgiving of God is is that, and he said it, uh, the psalmist wrote it three times. Four words, three times. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. It's a perpetual thanksgiving. The perpetuality comes in three three forms right here. The first form is unchanging. God is the same. The word of God declares that he is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same forevermore. Listen, one thing that is for sure in this life is change. Except when it comes to God. Things change. If you don't think you've changed, pull out some old photographs of yourself and look, hold them up in a mirror and look at them. Post a selfie on Facebook and then post your old picture with it. Things change. Change is happening all around us. Change is a part of life. In fact, change is identified as life itself because death is identified as being the time that change ceases to exist. When we think of change, change is tough for us. The older we get, the tougher it is because we begin to get more sentimental. This, I, I don't throw this in here. This is, this, this, it, it sort of fits. This, I don't, can I chase a rabbit right here? I'll chase a possum right here. One of the reasons that churches die, church congregations die physical death and churches are closing is because people are not willing to change. A few years back, I went to the church that 
that I, as a young child that I was reared in, which was an Episcopal church, and I went to that church and uh, very steeped in tradition, and they had a a minister's banquet there, a minister's appreciation banquet, and I went for the ministerial association, and I went to it, and I was talking to the the rector. That means preacher in Episcopalian terms. I was talking to the preacher, the pastor, and, and I was telling him. I said, you know, when I was a little boy, I grew up in this church, and I I, I said I used to sing and you know go to Sunday school upstairs, and used to go out and sing in the junior choir and in the services and all. He said, oh really? He said that's pretty amazing. I said, yeah. I said. I said, you know what? I said, I haven't been upstairs in this church since I was a, about 10 years old. I said, is it, can I possibly go up and look at it? He said, absolutely. He said, but I can tell you something about it. He said, there's not a thing that has changed. He said, change has not been allowed. But because change has not been allowed, it's a congregation of people that has died away. You see, sometimes we, sometimes we, we, we struggle with change because change is our comfort, you know, we find our comfort zone and sometimes change means that we're out of our comfort zone. Everything around us is going to change. Everything around us is subject to change and it will change except God. And His love endures forever. His love endures forever. So we have a perpetual thanksgiving wherein in that perpetual thanksgiving, everything about God is unchanging. You, If you can't depend on me, I'm sorry. I probably have disappointed you at some point in time. If I haven't already, I probably will, okay? Change, change, unchanging is only thing unchanging is God. And God will always be the same. He will never fail. He will never falter. He will never, ever lose his power, as we used to sing in that song. And the other thing in the perpetual thanksgiving, God is unending. God is eternal. You know, sometimes we talk about eternity, and we think about eternity as being the future going on forever. But do you realize eternity actually has no beginning nor an ending? God is eternal. Somebody said, where did God come from? He didn't come from anywhere. He always has been. He's eternal God. If he came from somewhere, he wouldn't be eternal. But because God is eternal God, you know, in the, that's why the word says, in the beginning was God. Hmm? In the beginning was God. He always has been and he always will be. Remember that song we used to sing? He's God back on, he's God up on the platform. He's God back on the pews. He's God in the aiming corner. And he's God in me and you. I know God's still God. And because of eternity, God always has been and he always will be. You see, we get we, we look at the elements of this life. We look at the circumstances of this life and, and, uh, things change. I saw a little, I saw a little meme on social media the other day that had a picture of one of those big console Zenith TVs from back in the 70s and 80s. Did y'all ever, didn't y'all ever have one of them? Yeah. Yeah, and it said in that meme, it says, this is the reason nobody got their TV stolen back in the 70s and 80s. Because they weighed about 300 pounds, you know. But you know, the, the, but, 
But in all of that, in, in all of that, God is eternal. Stuff wears out. Stuff breaks. Stuff, stuff deteriorates. We do. From day to day, we are getting older. Our bodies, our bodies are going through a process of deterioration. We are not meant to be eternal in this dimension of life. But God is eternal God. And God is for always will be God. And everything in this life, let me tell you, no matter what you try to do, no matter how you try to tie it up, uh, strap it down, put it in a vault, put it in a safe, whatever you try to do, listen, you are never going to be able to hang on to all the elements of this life. But there is an eternity before us. There is a forever that is before us. And I, listen, you know, I'll... I, Y'all, y'all may say this guy's weird. I am. Okay. I, I, okay. I'm weird. I tell you what's weirder than me is my wife because she married me. Okay. Listen, when I got, when I was born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you what I was born again. I want you to think about that terminology born again. We go back and we take that from uh, Jesus and uh, Nicodemus' encounter with Jesus. You must be born again. When I was born, let me tell you something. When I was born again into the family of God through and by the blood of Jesus Christ, I was I, I was living in death, but now I, but I was born again into eternal life. Mm-hmm. You see, before you're saved, you're walking dead people. Mm-hmm. But but when you're born again, it's not. I mean, this whole this whole house is going to perish. This whole house one day, you know. I you know I told Sarah, you know I got I got almost five thousand Facebook friends, and I know all of them's going to come to my funeral. Quite honestly, I'll probably be doing good if I get fifty there, and probably some of them will have to be paid. But the reality of it is. This is, this is all temporary right here. But there's a part of me that lives within this temporary house that is eternal. And I thank God that in the, in, in perpetual thanksgiving for the unchanging, the unending love of God and the promise I have of eternity. And listen, they're also just being consistent with the Lord. He will honor it. My faithfulness. And he will honor your faithfulness. You know what I had? It took me a lot of years, John. It took me a lot of years to learn that, that if I didn't grow a church to 250 or 300, it took me a long time to learn that I wasn't a failure. Something happened just the other day and, and or a few weeks ago, and I, I told my wife, I said, you know what? I said, but circumstances like this don't determine if I'm if I am a success or if I'm a failure in the eyes of God. The only thing that God has called me to, He has called me to be faithful. He said, Well done, my servant. He's calling me to faithfulness. He's calling me to serve Him with all manner of faithfulness. And I'm thankful that I, that, 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 that even though I may not ever pastor, and I'm not limiting God, but I may not ever pastor for two or three, four or five hundred people. I may not ever do that. But that's not what God's called me to do. God's just called me to be a pastor. And He's called me to be faithful to that, that pastoral call. 
And I'm thankful that that's what God will hold me accountable for. Then in the means of purposeful thanksgiving. We need to be intentional in our thanksgiving. I already talked about some of the fake stuff we see in the world today. Don't you just love it when somebody, somebody, somebody you know that you, you know that they've, maybe they violated you, maybe they've talked about you behind your back, maybe they've been doing something to you and they come up and say, oh, I just love you. I just love you. We all encounter that. But just let me tell you what, if you've not encountered that, you're going to. And if you have encountered that, you need to be we all need to be alike. We need to just get over it because it's just a part of life and it happens, okay? It happens to us. But purposeful thanksgiving. Sometimes, you know, uh, uh, sometimes we can find ourselves only only being thankful. Now, and some of you, if some of y'all are here doing it, I don't know that I don't know about it, okay? But but I know on, on social media, I keep going back to social media, but that's a big deal today. On social media, people give every day in November they give the one thing that they're thankful for. On day one, I'm thankful for my hair. On day two, I'm thankful that I still got most of my teeth. On day three, I'm thankful that I got this and that and yeah. And, and we go through that. But listen, it's more than just once a month. It's more than just one day of a month. It's a lifestyle of purposeful thanksgiving. That every morning when my feet touch the floor, God, I thank you for another day. Every day morning when you raise, sit up in bed, and you can take a big old breath of his oxygen, and you can say, God, I thank you for giving the, the breath of life in my lungs this morning. It's when you get in that car, even if it is a 1989 Kia, and you get in that car, and, and you start that car, and the smoke belches out the exhaust, and you say, thank you, God, for giving me a car. I don't have to walk to work today. Even if you have to walk to work, but you got shoes on your feet, you, you say, thank you, God, that I made it to work, and I got shoes on my feet. It's speaking of perpetual thanksgiving that we give God praise and honor because when it comes down to it listen to me very close I'm probably going to hurt your feelings so listen to me close. None of us deserve His goodness. None of us deserve His blessings. None of us deserve what He's given us but He's given it to us out of grace. He's given it to us out of His love for He is good and His love endures Forever. So intentionally be thankful to the Lord. That means don't just be thankful when you feel like it. Don't just be thankful, oh, when something good happens. Be thankful when something bad happens. Be thankful. The other week, Sarah and I were, we were driving right here to church service. And there was a big massive wreck on 77 tractor trailers involved multiple cars, big massive wreck. And we, we, we said, Oh my goodness, we're just praying nobody's hurting this wreck, Lord. You know, and, and we get about a half a mile away from that wreck and a tractor trailer squeezed us up against the guardrail. Didn't, didn't actually hit us. Okay. But we were out of room to go. I just basically had to stop right in the middle of I-77. 
And my wife is going, she starts crying and she's going, Oh Lord, I'm so thankful you were watching out over us. And, and I don't know what to do because my heart's beating so fast because, and, and I say, he, he did bless us. He kept us. He watched out over us. And even, even in that, I was thankful. But you know what? If that truck had mashed our Subaru up, I would have still had to say, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. If, if, if it had went, if it went, if, if things hadn't stopped where they stopped and, and, and the whole incident would have continued and even one of us lost our life, I still would have had to somewhere along the line found a place and a way to be thankful. Because God's goodness over us is immeasurable. Being thankful is good for us. John, if you want to come back. Being thankful is good for us. You know, there's an old saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. I don't know if that works or not. I can't find apples I like anymore. It's hard for me to do that. I like apples with peanut butter. And the doctor says that peanut butter is not so good for you. But Harvard Medical School, if it's not enough just to be thankful to the Lord, Harvard Medical School has revealed through a study that people who purposely gave thanks, returned thanks over their meal, they gave thanks, they, they, they were appreciative of other people and they would, they would thank other people for their kindness and their deeds and they were thankful to God. Harvard Medical School in this study found that people who were willing to give thanks were healthy They had better relationships in marriages and in friendships and beyond. And they were also happier people. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to praise God for. If you notice what the psalmist said there, in all three, all three lines there of giving thanksgiving, he, the nucleus, if you would, the center point, the focal point of attention was said, because his love endures forever. So regardless of what's going on in your life and my life, The disappointments, the inconsistencies, the failures, whatever else we can name, regardless of what is going on in your life and in my life, I've got reason to be thankful. And that reason is the same reason that the psalmist had. That reason is give thanks. For he is good. His love endures forever. Personal thanksgiving, 
perpetual thanksgiving and purposeful thanksgiving. God is worthy of all the thanksgiving that we can give Him. Not just one day a year to cook a turkey and have that old nasty cranberry sauce. I don't, you probably, y'all probably like it. I don't like it. I don't like it, you know. But I like them mashed taters and gravy. Y'all might not realize it, but you're looking at the head tater pillar in our house right here. I peel about 15 pounds of taters thirsty. And we enjoy the holiday time with our families. But let's be reminded in the season of Thanksgiving that God is worthy of praise and thanksgiving every waking day of our lives. He is worthy of thanksgiving and praise. Would you just bow your heads for a minute with me? With your heads being bowed and your eyes being closed, One of the greatest, one of the greatest blessings in this Thanksgiving Christmas season that a person could have is coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And if you're here this morning and, and you've not been saved or maybe you've drifted far away from the shore, you're like the prodigal, you've wandered a long ways from home, today's a good day to come back in this room and you've never been saved or you need to rededicate yourself to the Lord, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Heads bowed and eyes closed in this room. Is there one person in this place today that says, Pastor, I need to make that commitment or I need to renew my commitment this morning. I'm not out to embarrass you. I will not embarrass you. But is there one person in this room that would slip up your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor? Anybody at all? And this is what I want you to do then. I take it that everybody is content with your relationship with the Lord. And that's not for me to question. But considering that everybody in this room this morning, which is quite an accomplishment, is where you ought to be with God. I want you to do something with me and for me. I would just like for us all to come down, as many as will, come down here towards the front. And stand. Come on up towards the, the, the platform here and stand. And, and we're going to, we're going to come together. Yes, I know it's close proximity. And we're going to have a prayer of thanksgiving. There may be something, you may be, you may have had grumblings and complainings. I do. I find myself every once in a while grumbling and complaining. And then my wife or the Holy Spirit or something or someone will occur and, and it will Remind me of how blessed I am.
And I have to say in my spirit, I have, I have to say, Lord, forgive me. Because I have so much to be thankful for. And you do too. Even in the midst of what may seem like calamity in your life. You have something to be thankful for. So I just right now, I just want us to come together in a prayer of thanksgiving. Can you, listen, we're still Pentecostals. Can we all pray together and worship together? Fathers, we come to you today. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to come into your house today. (coughs) The opportunity that we've had to worship you and praise you. Lord, I thank you today, Lord. Lord, for all that you blessed me with. All that you've seen me through. All that is come, all that, that will come my way, Lord, in the, as, however long the future will be in my life, in this body. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for the promise of eternity. I thank you for your keeping power. I thank you that your love does indeed endure forever. I thank you, Lord, because even when I've grumbled and I've complained that you've never stopped loving me. I thank you, Lord, that even even when when I've uh, let my eyes wander and 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 I've I've been to I found myself coveting things that other people have or they've achieved in life, Lord, that you've forgiven me and you still love me. Because your love, God, endures forever. I thank you, God, that even when when I've accused you, I've accused you of being unfair. Or I've accused you of, of not being close by when all the time you really were. Lord, you still love me. Because your love endures forever. God, I thank you. God, that you have ministered to me. And Lord, while we here in this, in this land that we dwell in, Lord, we're getting ready to celebrate a day that we call Thanksgiving. And God, I, I confess, Lord, sometimes, um, sometimes I, I probably don't even capture the essence. We're so caught up in, in stuff and in things and Black Friday sales and dinners and Different occasions that, Lord, we sometimes don't even recognize you. Yes, we say, we say we do, but in our hearts, we, we fail to recognize you. So, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Lord, and I, 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 Lord, I'm asking you, I'm petitioning you this morning. Lord, may our hearts and our minds be centered upon you. Not just this week. Not just, not just Thursday. But Lord, may our hearts and our minds be centered upon you every day that we live. For you are the air we breathe. Lord, you are everything to us, Lord. It's your touch. It's your air. It's your breath. Lord, you are everything we need. And Lord, we recognize that you, Lord, are the God that has a love that endures forever. And Lord, for that, we give you thanks. We praise you today in Jesus' name. We praise you today in Jesus' name.
Amen.